Curtain Network. Beacon of Beacons! Beacon of Beacons! Beacon of Beacons! All right, Steeler fans, we did get a little picket to pickins during the Cleveland Browns Pittsburgh Steelers Monday night football game. Steelers win 26 to 22, and we got a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. I'm Jeff Hartman, one of the three hosts of the Steel Curtain Network post game show. Joining me as always, Brian Davis. What's up, Brian? How are you? Hey, I'm doing uh, great. I think I'm happy, but apparently. I'm a Debbie Downer and a Browns fan. <laughs> now, the truth has been revealed. We'll put it that way. Now, I'm just joking. Dave Schofield also joins us. What's up, Dave? Yeah, um, that's one of those. This team is in trouble if you have to have two defensive touchdowns to win every game. But you know what? Who cares about every game? This was this game, this week, in this setting, and they found a way to win. A sloppy win is is better than a well-oiled machine loss uh, it, when it comes to the to the record books at the end of the season. So take it, enjoy it. Steelers, one-game winning streak. Let's do it. 26-22, to 22, the final score. Like Dave mentioned, it was 14 points by the defense. We had the pick six on the first play from scrimmage, and we had, obviously, the scoop and score from Mr. TJ Watt after Alex Highsmith had the sack. It was a it was a great game. It was a weird game. It was a long game. It was a frustrating game. It was an irritating game. Basically, every range, every uh, possible emotion you could feel after watching a football game, we probably all experienced that. Uh, let's do some knee jerk reactions, like we always do to start these post game shows. Brian, go ahead. What's your knee jerk reaction after the game? Yeah, you know, Dave is absolutely correct. That was threat level midnight. You needed to win that game, and I know we always say that you know must wins in week two aren't yeah you know they aren't a real thing but to me if you listen to my show bad language today i kind of thought it was because of the way that they played the defense bailed them out the offense was outscored by their own defense but you know what it's a win i don't care about anything else i care about the fact that they won that football game but there's not a lot of even on the win there's not a lot of things that you feel good at. You're not putting a, you're only putting defensive stuff on the highlight reel. You're putting a oh, sure, you're going to put the Pickens catch on the highlight reel, maybe some of Jalen Warren stuff too, but the offense was a liability in this game this evening. But at the end of the day, it's what we watch for. We watch for a win and it's the ugly win and and you got to take it and you hope they find a way to improve. Like Mike Tomlin said, we're not going to apologize for winning. Okay, Dave Schofield, your turn. Knee-jerk reaction. Uh, oh, he, he took the line. That was the great line. We're not going to apologize for winning. Um, yeah, knee-jerk reaction is, my goodness, this doesn't instill confidence beyond tonight, but I don't, but I don't care about that. And what Brian said is like, uh, win is all that matters. The only other thing that matters is when you're talking about the health and well-being of players and the Steelers have some issues there. And we definitely, definitely don't want to hear anything like what's coming out with, about about Nick Chubb. That is not the way you want things to go down. So c concern to players on both sides of the field. But uh, when it comes to results, it's, it, it's, getting it, it's getting it done one way or the other. Okay, I will have a very quick final thoughts. If you listen to Mike Tomlin's post-game press conference, you could hear a recap on our audio side only. Find us wherever you get your podcast by searching Steelers or Steel Curtain Network. But if you listen to Mike Tomlin, he was specifically asked, are you going to make any changes on the offensive side of the ball? I think he, the, the question was coming from someone who was alluding more to Matt Canada. And Tomlin said yes, but as of right now, they're working on a short week. They've got another game in six days. I was very intrigued by that, and I tell you what, uh, I, I've never been one to point a bunch of fingers, but there were a lot of questions after this game from an offensive perspective. We're going to dive into those for sure. I do want to get to, before we get to these super chats, I know a lot of people have donated their hard earned money and I do appreciate that. We are going to get to every single one of those, the injuries for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, this was a, a shock to me. We all saw Minka Fitzpatrick leave the game after chasing down that running back. I think it was it, Ford, Ford maybe was his name. Yeah. 69 yard run. He dove. I think he caught a, a, a 
had the heel into his chest. So he was ruled out almost immediately. But then Mike Tomlin after the game said that Minka is being evaluated at a local hospital. That tells you that it, we're, who knows what you're talking about. Cracked ribs, punctured lung could all happen when you're dealing with something like that. But it is being ruled as a chest injury. So uh, don't know what this means for Minka Fitzpatrick. We hope that he's okay. Uh, also, Landon Roberts was de- dealing with what Mike Tomlin called a stinger. He was able to return to the game. Gunnar Olszewski, he left with a head injury. He's now in the NFL's concussion protocol. But other than that, the Steelers were able to escape what looked like at one point the body bag game. Other than Minka, which is a huge loss, uh, they, they were actually able to get, you look at what had the, on the other side of the field with the Browns, horrible. Which, by the way, and Dave, you can tell your brother I said this on Tuesday, class act to all the Steelers fans out there when Nick Chubb went down. You heard the groan from the crowd when they showed the replay because it was gross. It was grotesque. My my brother sent me a Twitter video of it, and it was it was bad. I'm glad they didn't show it. Uh, but then, again, cheering him as he was being carted off the field. You don't want to be like the Bengals fans and are throwing stuff. Remember when Roethlisberger was being carted off the field and people were throwing stuff at him? Classy move. I like that from the Pittsburgh Steelers faithful. Uh, but any any comments about the injuries? Before we go to these super chats, Kent, I, I want to say something about Gunner O. That was not his biggest head injury of the night. Ugh. I mean, my goodness. Mean, every every kick, kick no. Every kick returner, kickoff guy knows. I have seen guys literally put their feet out of bounds and fall back in and reach to try to touch the ball because you know if you are touching out of bounds, when you touch the ball, it comes to the 40. And he literally tried to toe tap inbounds. When the ball was going out of bounds, that was mm, that was the boneheadest, boneheadedest of the boneheaded plays <laughs> I think I've seen in a long time, and we've seen some pretty bonehead stuff before. Yeah. That that's just that that one was ridiculous. But at the same time, that then he got jacked up and fumbled the ball as well, and they tried to call that an interception after the ball was laying on the ground, and yep. I'm not even sure it was definitely a catch, but. You know, you don't want to see a guy have a head injury, but man, he was not, things were not going well for him when he got injured. Absolutely. Brian, any comments on the injuries? Yeah. You know what? Yo, Gunner did get just completely emaciated there. And I, I'm not holding on to that ball. I I mean, <laughs> I know that I don't know many people that are going to hold on with that hit, uh, but I'm not excusing the other, the bonehead play. I'm excusing that. A little bit more than anything but you know you worry about minka fitzpatrick you worry about uh you know anybody that could be out in this game and also you know i'm going to reiterate prayers to nick chubb because that was just absolutely devastating and it goes you know i believe was it aikman that said it you know when you get to a certain point no excuse me it was ryan clark who said it when that happens it's the jersey colors go out the window and you're all just human beings you're all football players so i mean i hated to see him go out and uh i tell you what he's electric to watch absolutely so hopefully for nick chubb's sake he is uh it's it's maybe the best case scenario which i don't even know what that would be that was like i said if you saw the replays if you got a saw it on Twitter or something because they didn't show it on the a national broadcast. You saw how it was a pretty gruesome injury. We'll put it that way, but let, we'll, we'll talk about that as we go. Let's get to these super chats here. Uh, Tyler W. He gives us $5 said one and one in Tomlin challenges one and one in the division. If you don't like that game, you don't like Steelers football. I, I, yeah, I like Steelers to score more. <laughs> Steelers football, but yeah. I get what you're saying, Tyler. Thank you for the tip. Uh, Cass gives us nine ninety nine. That was the hardest game I've ever watched, but a win is a win. Are the Steelers, the Jets, elite defense, and a bad quarterback? We are going to talk about the offensive woes for yeah. sure in the coming minutes here. Let's get to the rest of these. Steel Dog, 88, gives us $5. Offense still stinks other than one play. Levi needs to be benched. Big Press needs some credit. Hey, Big Press had a good game. I thought he played extremely well. Uh, Let's get uh, Sean the Don gives us $5. Canada needs to be fired. The O-line still trying to work it out. I'm having concerns on KP8 being our guy. 
Well, you're not alone. Now, Eamon gave us $4.99. I did see the comment after he gave us uh, the, the tip, and it basically said a win's a win, but do style points matter is the question, and that's going to be an ongoing discussion we're going to have throughout this podcast. Wilson Pava gives us $12. Oh, can, can, can I answer that question really fast? Do style points matter? If it can be really fast, yes. They don't matter tonight. They're right. going to matter this the rest of this week when we look For at sure. the next game. All right, so Wilson Pava gives us $12, a dollar for each defensive point, and for every year this game shaved off my life. <laughs> Canada's terribleness is rubbing off on Kenny Pickett. He looked like 2021 Ben sometimes. TJ Watt is an MVP candidate, way too many injuries. I agree with that. Faceless Man gave us $5. I'm convinced the only way to save the season and give our young offense a chance is to let Canada go. Byron Leftwich, Ben, anyone, this defense stood up. Yes, they did. Absolutely. Kyle Smith gave us $5. I never want to hear Pickett slash Najee slander again till this O-line and the offensive coordinator are fixed. Also, the amount of people calling Minka dirty is eye-rolling. That's mainly coming from Browns fans. They're saying that the hit on Nick Chubb was dirty. In today's game, they they don't want you to hit the players high, so you have to hit them low, and unfortunately, that can equate to, to what you saw. Tom plays games. Tom Muir gives us a dollar. I didn't see the comment following. I'm assuming that's, that, that's for the one win. That's, that's what Tom win. does. Exactly. That's, yeah. what that's what I thought for sure. <laughs> A Steel gives us $9.99. He said, I've aged 15 years since 8 p.m. First, <laughs> prayers for Nick Chubb. Thank yeah. you, TJ. And the defense, our offense is super concerning. At what point do we hold Mike Tomlin accountable and not Mad Canada? Help me understand like I'm five. I hope that throughout the course of this podcast, we'll help you hopefully understand something. Master P gives us nine ninety nine. Says what a roller coaster of emotions. A win is a win, but sometimes something needs to be to need something needs to change with the offensive play calling. I was patient, but I'm over it. Also, get Joey Porter Jr. on the field. Levi looks JV. Couldn't have said it better myself. Wes Hickok gives us five dollars on Chubb per KS. Uh, Kevin Chubb suffered a significant season-ending knee injury. Uh, on the same knee, he had 2015 reconstructive surgery of his MCL, PCL, and LCL. That's why that's a, this is an injury that could be career-threatening if it's another serious injury like that. Having multiple surgeries on one ligament once is bad enough. Uh, Bernardo Vasquez gives us, what is that? What's R? A rupee. Didn't even come out anywhere close to right. Isn't that from the Goonies or something? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. I hope Dan, this is what Bernardo says. Thank you for the tip. I hope Dan Moore finds his house keys tonight. He might have to take Garrett out of his pocket if he wants to unlock the door. I'm sorry. Miles Garrett was nowhere close to what TJ Watt was tonight. Well, so sure. you can blame Dan Moore all you want, but I mean, Miles Garrett here, TJ Watt here, that's a big level for those listening in audio. So yeah. I'm, I'm not saying Dan Moore did great, but my, he, he made him look like he was nowhere close to TJ Watt's level. I get it, yeah. Tate boys, our own Kevin Tate gives us 499. Hey, Tate. can't hold on to the ball as long as he was, and where was the 12 personnel? This is where these questions are going to stem from. And thank you, everyone that donated some money to the program. We do appreciate it. Uh, if you give us a super chat, we'll get it up there on the screen as soon as we can. Uh, but honestly, like we just appreciate everyone that listens. We hope that you all subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't yet. We hope that you all uh, give us a like, follow us on Facebook, all that good stuff. Listen, we're going to take a quick break on the audio side so we can have a word from our sponsors. And if you're watching live, we're not going anywhere. All right, we're back, and we need to talk about the offense. We need to talk about this this offense. And before we even talk about numbers, which are not good, we need to talk about like what we think about this offense. Because, you know, I've never been a, a scapegoat guy. I've never been a guy that says, oh, well, you know what? This team, uh, if they did this or did that or did this or did that, I've never been that guy. But I have to be honest, after this game, the one question that I have is what in the hell is going on with Kenny Pickett? So let me let me explain a little bit further. As I'm watching the Steelers, this isn't like he's a rookie that we've never seen him play before. This isn't a situation where he is like a uh, 
a, a guy that's just played a few starts like we saw last year. We've seen him play at a higher level. We've seen him be better. Where is this precipitous drop-off coming from? This isn't even about the preseason. We've seen him do it in the regular season. So what's a miss? Like, that's what I want to know. What is a miss? This is the giant mystery. This is the puzzle. This is, for some, the elephant in the room that they just don't want to address. I don't believe that a quarterback can show something like he did in the second half of last season, show even if it's against backups in the preseason, and then all of a sudden forget how to play the position. I just I can't buy that. So, Brian, I'm going to throw it to you first. What the hell's going on with Kenny Pickett and this offense because it's it's – it's awful. It is awful. Go ahead. I am going to be brief here because I think Dave has an answer <laughs> that's absolutely fantastic. Because we had a pregame talk mm-hmm. maybe about five hours ago, or like now I got to remember what I said. <laughs> Forty hours ago, um, but I almost think he has Sam Darnold disease, and he's seeing ghost right now. I I don't know, but he is not accurate. He's not getting any help from his offensive line either. So it's a combination of both. When you throw in very, I mean, very strange play calling. I mean, it's it's almost like it's almost like he's George Costanza and trying to get fired now at this point. <laughs> you know, I you know, I feel like he's gonna take you're gonna see him with Super Bowl trophies, and I'm talking about Matt Canada, yeah. and behind his car, behind like a Honda Civic, riding around the Acrisure parking lot. I mean, okay, so it, it's the oddest me- stuff. Let me stop you. I love the the Seinfeld reference, by the way. But let, let me stop you for a second. So you are saying, when I say, what the hell's going on with Kenny Pickett? You are saying that you think it's Matt Canada. I'm saying that he's, I'm saying it's a combination of the offensive line. Okay. He's seeing ghosts. When I say he's seeing ghosts, he's not seeing the field. He's just seeing defenders. And there's a whole lot of white on those Cleveland Brown uniforms. And oh. you throw in the bizarre play calling. I mean, that's a trifecta of doom. Okay, Dave, go ahead. Let's have okay. you take a shot at this. Well, first I'm, of I'm all, I'm trying to, to wrap my head around. Yeah, I have to apologize to Bernardo because I did not realize this. Maybe you guys didn't either. That was actually he was actually complimenting Dan Moore. I didn't realize that. I didn't get the reference. I didn't know what that meant. So I apologize, Bernardo. Some other people said that in the live chat, but other people thought the same thing I did. So yeah, thank you. All right. Oh. I was kind of talking. I was talking about this in the comments of an article today. Um, it was actually your article uh, at steelcurtainnetwork.com. Uh, it was your article, Jeff. And what it is is this is why I think because someone was talking about these Steelers. Oh, they're successful with the two-minute offense. It's Kenny Pickett calling plays. Guess what? I don't think Kenny Pickett is calling the plays of the two-minute offense. He's still got an offensive coordinator talking in his ear up until 15 seconds left in the play clock, or a snap is imminent. And they didn't even do that tonight. But that was based on last week. I think it's – and I don't know that it's all Kenny Pickett. I think it's as much, if not more, the coordinator. This offense is not designed to succeed against a complex NFL defense. The quarterback has to see something, make a decision, and do it. Well, the problem is when the defense knows what you're going to do based on what they show you, they show you one thing and do something else. That's the problem. And that's why Kenny Pickett and his receivers weren't on the same page in week one. That's why you're seeing some Aaron throws. Then, I mean, Brian was right. There was some weird old play calling. My brother kept texting me from the stadium. Is if is it a trick play if it doesn't trick anybody? <laughs> you know, yeah. really. So, and sometimes like, did they really just outsmart themselves? But it's all about the execution as well. If that play that was doomed of Kenny Pickett on that third and two, where he got thrown for two yard loss, if so, if he gets away and gets a first down, it's brilliant. But it didn't, and, and it and it seemed doomed to start from the beginning. But as I was saying to Brian earlier, as I got off got, got off topic, is I just feel that the Steelers had the preseason success because they were going against vanilla defenses. They had more success in the two last week in the two minute because defenses can't disguise as much what they're doing because everything's going so fast. When the defense is out there and has the chance to set up and try to confuse the quarterback game plan for him and confuse him, then the things that they're supposed to do are being taken away. It's, I feel like Matt Canada is playing checkers when everybody else is playing chess. 
He doesn't have the answer for what they do. Now, is it a young quarterback holding him back? I don't know, but the answers aren't there. It kind of sounds like, you know, listening to Brian, listening to Dave, I trust the, I trust what you all say. I do. I listen. I take it in. And it just seems to me like this is the perfect storm of all this nasty crap that is turning into what's now the Steelers offense. And even what they did last year, which was, hey, protect the football. We're going to try and grind these games out. We're just going to make the plays that we have to. Now, like it, it's, it literally is. They try. Maybe they're trying to open it up, and it is just a hot mess right now. It is a hot mess. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any quick fix. But I will say this: if Matt Canada survives this season, I will be stunned. If this continues, there's do you no mean, way. Do you mean to actually make it through the end of the season, or do you mean to get to next season? I mean to finish this 2023 regular okay. season. Okay, because that's not usually how the Steelers at, do it, but it's bad enough that they might have to. If this continues like this, I don't know how they could ever keep a guy doing what he's doing. Because you're not going to fire Kenny Pickett. <laughs> he's your first-round draft pick. You feel like he's the future. They've been super supportive of this kid since they drafted him. You're not going to fire him, the players, so you have to fire the guy who's telling him what to do. But the question is, is who takes over? Is it Glenn Thomas? I don't know what Glenn Thomas's resume looks like. I'm not going to pretend that I do. So it's a definite perfect storm here of this hot mess that is the Steelers offense. And the question is, where do they go from here? I don't have that answer. Brian, do you want to take a stab in the dark at where they go from here? Because Mike Tomlin said, hey, we have a short week. We're not going to make any changes now. Yeah, you know, they uh, they try to put uh, lipstick and a Band-Aid on a pig is really what they're going to try to do this week. And uh, try to, I mean, it might be the definition of insanity when they're, they're going to do the same thing over and over because if you don't make that change, and like Dave said, that's typically not what they do. However, Omar Khan, even though I don't think he makes the personnel decisions here, when it comes to an offensive coordinator, I think that's still Mike Tomlin, but things with the Pittsburgh Steelers have been done differently as of late. I'm just saying that, is it going to be, are they going to have their own playbook, whoever comes in? And if it's uh, somebody that's incumbent to the team right now, who is already on this coaching staff, if it's Glenn Thomas, if it's anybody, if it's uh, my gosh, if it's uh whoever it is, they, they don't have their own set of plays in their back pocket. So they're going to be adjusting on the fly. And that's a pretty hard thing to do. I mean, are they going to go back to uh, Ben Roethlisberger in the uh, Randy Feetner days? And they're just making uh at the end, they're just uh, making up plays in the dirt. I mean, I, I don't know. This is something that, that they went on. They continued on with Matt Canada when they knew that it was still going to rear its ugly head. And this is on the Roonies. And I get criticized for not criticizing Mike Tomlin. This is one thing that is on Mike Tomlin. Because you continue to go with something that's not working. Dave, where do we go from here? Well, stop hiring JV offensive coaches. You want everything to be varsity. Coach Tomlin, you're not an offensive coach, so you're not going to bring anything extra to the table. So you've got to have a varsity offensive coordinator, and you have a JV one. And they could have made a change in the offseason, and they didn't. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm really down. I'm just really down. I, I did not believe that the offense would bounce back this week. That's why I did not pick the Steelers to win. And I, I wanted to believe, I wanted to believe that week one was an anomaly. It was a bad game for Kenny Pickett and everything else. The Steelers won this game, but they also confirmed everything that I feel about the offense. So, but they, but my goodness, thank you defense for pulling it out. So I, I just feel like, so what they do to help Matt Cannon this year, they brought in another failed college coach, another JV offensive coach that's supposed to help with the passing game and Thomas or whoever he is. I mean, is he really... Uh, an elite NFL offensive mind that you brought in? Probably not with the way they do stuff. So I, I just don't see it there. And I, I don't see it being better from that standpoint. 
So bottom line is you can you can place the blame all you want to on the coordinator, and which I think really should get a lot. But until the offensive line starts blocking better, the the quarterback can make better passes. That's 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 what's going to overcome the poor offensive coordinator is the players are going to have to outplay their coach when it comes to the Steelers offense. I feel like that's what they kind of did last year with the running game. I'm not saying Kenny Pickett did. I'm saying others did. But the offensive line's really got to get it together and uh, you know get get some of those accurate passes in there and you have to, and you have to win in spite of. It just seemed like it's it's week two and here's the offense still throwing stuff against the wall to see if something sticks. Hey, let's try this run. No, that didn't work. What about mm-hmm. this pass play? Nope, that didn't work either. I mean, this is the crap you should have figured out in training camp, mm-hmm. preseason, practices leading up to games. It's infuriating. We're getting behind on these super chats. Yeah. So uh, let's get some of these up here. Crystal Privet, she gave us $2, says, grateful for an early buy, flex us out of Sunday Night Football. I don't think they can flex out this Sunday, uh, but I'm fine with future Sunday nights being flexed out. I have no problem with that at all. Uh, Steelers Nation, Australia, that's Marky right. D. Ding, Marky D. Marky D, the Dingo Dollars. He gives us five of them, says, holy doolies in the chat. Um, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know either. Another language, it's it's so worth, know. worth five Dingo Dollars. So yeah. we'll there you that. go. Thank you for the Dingo Dollars. Greg Goats gives us $10, says, Tomlin is one of the biggest losers from tonight. Clock management challenges, refusal to make personnel changes. If not now, when will changes come? If TJ and Alex weren't around, this team would go four and 13. Well, let Can me I, say this about Mike Tomlin uh, challenges, though. The fourth and one that would look could be converted, and then all of a sudden he challenges it because the fumble, and it ends up coming back. That's huge. Because, yeah, that was huge. Larry Ogunjobi now does it equate to points. No, I don't think it did. Uh, but still, that that, that was a good drive. challenge. It's a good challenge. They didn't punt. Now, can, can, can I say something more about that? Yeah. From from my brother, and then I also saw the same thing later by Mark Caballi on Twitter, said that second challenge, that's on the scoreboard operator at Acushur. What they did on the scoreboard, they they show, they didn't show the catch with the first foot already being down. They only showed the very last one that showed one foot down and then the other foot out of bounds. Didn't even show that that was his third foot. The whole, the, the whole stadium wanted him to challenge. It looked like from what they looked at it there, from what the coaches saw, they should have to challenge quick. And they did. And that uh, uh, utter failure. So my thing is, you can blame that on Tomlin, but that was not – Yeah. That that was a bad situation, and honestly, that was a big play. That if it re- that was if you're like, hey, if he doesn't challenge there, and you find out that it really wasn't a catch, that's even worse. Oh, yeah. So that was one. But the the other thing I would say, wh- where was that last one? Uh, there was something else they said there that um, I thought was interesting. Bring it up. There you go. Uh, clock management. I felt like Tomlin lived in his fears at the end of the first half. They could have called a timeout. Mm-hmm. when they were early, as soon as they got that sack, when TJ Watt got that sack, they could have called the timeout right away. would have been like 55 seconds left. Then they would have kicked the long field goal and everything. It would have been maybe, it would have been more than 45 seconds. He wanted to take the knee at that point. He didn't want to put the offense out there to try to do something with a little bit of time. That's why they didn't call the timeout right away. Because if, if you take a knee with with 45 seconds left in the half after a kickoff, that's more critical. But, oh, you don't call the timeout and then hang it back. To me, that was living in your fears of your bad offense. But when your offense is looking like that, that's kind of I the data you presented. I kind of get it, yeah. All right, let's get to Tyler W. He gave us $5. Said, Pickett needs a run game. That's the thing I've learned. Night and day difference in both seasons. When the Steelers rush below 75 to 100 yards, he struggles. Might be an interesting correlation there, Dave, for your stat key yeah. this week. That might be something to take a look at. Uh, let's go with Hitman. Gave us four ninety nine. Said bad. Many headed to Vegas. Let's plan something and meet up for an SCN pre or post game. Uh, Shasta, I guess, isn't that a like a soda? Ooh, yeah, yeah. Shasta. <laughs> is, that, is it? Is that a soda? I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyways, you must wear your black and gold. I, if Brian, are you gonna wear your black and gold? I would hope so, right? I'm. Planning on being, if you listen to bad language today, I said I was probably going to wear just all black so I don't get murdered. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think there'll be enough Steeler fans to uh, back me up. I just go, I just went and put my Twitter handle online because that's the second or third request for a meetup in Vegas. So I tell you what, get a hold of me, go ahead and 
get a hold of me on Twitter, and I'll probably announce where I am before the game. There you go. Be Let's meet later. up. Meet and greet for sure. That's awesome. That'll be great. Justin Gall gives us nine ninety nine. Says nobody wants to say Kenny Pickett's not our franchise quarterback. It just hurts too much. I also am not going to say anything that's I, I never said he is the franchise quarterback yet. Just like I won't say he isn't because I don't feel like we've given him a legitimate shot yet. It's week two and he, he played was his 15th game of his career. If, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Hey, uh, Jeff, you know what? Sometimes sometimes you only get a few starts and you're number three overall pick and the team decides they're going to trade you away because they don't give you much of an opportunity in the NFL. That is true. That is true. <laughs> NFL stands for not for long. All yep. right, let's go. Thanks, Mean Joe gives us $10. Said Watson confirmed himself to be the jerk I previously thought. His spike in the end zone was purposefully disrespectful. Not one, but two face mask penalties. When is the last time that happened? I can't tell you the last time a quarterback got two personal fouls. I don't know that they game. called that a face mask, though. The they first called, one that was out of hand. It was a personal foul. It was unnecessary roughness. Because the if they call it a face, face mask, mask. I, don't, I don't think the play can, I think the play wouldn't have counted. So yeah. that's why it, it was because he did the face mask and shoved him out of bounds. But yeah, I'm glad they didn't call it a face mask. But that's why he did it. That's why it was called. Can I pile on real quick? Yeah. So, somebody was saying in the comment section, and I did not see this, when that he pushed a ref at the end. Oh, yeah, of the he game. pushed the ref there too. So, he should have been ejected after Quan <laughs> Alexander. Quan Alexander was drawn at him, and he was drawn back, and a ref was standing on that play, way, and yeah. he like shoved him to the side. I was yeah. I, I, yeah. I tell you what, I, I'm not impressed. I I thought he was. I I remember years ago seeing what kind of high character guy he was um look the the things that that happened uh that we don't know about in the courtroom and all of that that sheds the light on it but this even more i i, I gotta tell you this this also shows well, that piles yeah, on. i don't know that it's more but it piles on yeah yeah, yeah this piles on to it yeah yeah. Okay. Let's get Andrew Palladino gives us nine ninety nine. Said Kenny Pickett had a tiny poke at Canada's vanilla offense tonight in his post game. I haven't gotten to hear that. I didn't yet. either because we got so, yeah live. we had to came on here and do this show. He said not sure if anyone noticed. Kenny Pickett has to be better, but the pair of them are fire and kerosene. Good win, but sheesh. Thank you, Andrew, for the tip. He's a loyal follower of the Steel Curtain Network. We appreciate him. All right. Let's get to um, outside Steeler fan gives us four ninety nine. This feels like 2019 all over again. Defense has to throw the team on their back. It did tonight. We'll put it that way. They did tonight. Uh, Lee Canales, I hope I said that correctly, said four, it gives us 499 prayers for Chubb. Do we have the crappiest challenges record ever? I heard that from the announcers. Mike Tomlin hadn't won a challenge until tonight's game since 2020. He was, I think, 0 for 5 in his last five challenges. So I don't know if that's the worst, but it's not good. Wilson Pavagas is dollar on down. Bring Munchak back. Pretty sure he'd be a better OC. He is a free agent. He is a free agent. Um, Tom, your plays games gives us five dollars. Is with this defense, all we need is Trent Dilfer on offense. <laughs> Kenny Pickett is better than that. Sadly, Canada isn't. And last one here. Let's go to Rubber Toe. Gives us four ninety nine. Are we really surprised? That Watson couldn't keep his hands to himself. <laughs> but um ching. Very Yay! nice. Very so, good. Thank you very much to everyone that has donated to the program tonight. It's been a a very wow, a lot of super chats. We'll put it that way. Uh we I, we've talked a lot about the offense in general terms, and I don't yeah. want to spend a ton of time going over the minutia of the uh the stats, but I do want to go over a couple. So I'm just going to read through them quickly, and then we'll just talk about it in general terms, and we're going to go to the defense. Kenny Pickett finishes 15 of 30, 222 yards, a 7.4 average, one touchdown, one interception, was sacked twice, a 71.8 rating. Okay, now rushing, the Steelers only rushed for 55 yards on 21 carries, a balmy 2.6 uh, yards per carry. They didn't score a touchdown with a long run of 21 yards which was Najee Harris, who led the team with 43. George Pickens goes off. He has 127 yards on four catches. He was targeted 10 times. That 71-yard long catch and run for the touchdown was the clincher. After that, the next wide receiver on this list, Allen Robinson with 12 yards. The next pass catcher was 66 yards, Jalen Warren, who had a 30-yard long. 
not a good day from the pass catchers, catchers who weren't named George Pickens. Uh, in terms of turnovers, Gunnar Olszewski had a fumble that was lost. Uh, that's notable. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the offense from a numbers perspective before we head over to the defensive side. Brian, anything from you? You know, we always say, and we've said this in the past, I remember in 2020 when we were talking about the rushing defense and saying, well, if they would have gotten Miles Sanders on that one play, they would have looked that 65-yard touchdown, they would have looked so much better. Well, hey, look, let's go ahead and turn this around and you take the George Pickens play away and we are crying right now and we want even more answers. This is not a win as much as it's relief. There's no reveling. People are relieved. And those uh, relief and revel are very close. Very close uh, in all those letters. So let me say this. We were talking earlier about Matt Canada. But there doesn't have to be just one scapegoat. Kenny Pickett was bad again. Are we throwing P- Kenny Pickett away? No. We're uh, we're pointing the finger the the one person the one entity that we feel is the biggest one and the first one that would have to go if it doesn't if it doesn't get better after that then you look at everybody else this offense tonight was horrendous outside of what you saw with that great George Pickens catch George Pickens should have should have had even better numbers tonight Kenny Pickett could not hit him there was there was a, another slant. You brought it up on Twitter, Jeff, where you know they really needed that play. That slant, that, that was another opportunity. It was after the touchdown, and that was in the first half where he could have probably gone a long way. You would definitely move the chains, but he would have probably had some major yak after that too. This was bad. The running game is not getting it done. You know, mostly what you saw from Jalen Warren was catching the football and it's a lot easier to uh get free when as a running back out of the backfield when you're a safety valve so you know the running backs are not really getting it done either so with that i i am demoralized with this offense and just like dave said earlier you know there's a reason that we picked against this team this week not because we hate on the Steelers. We don't believe with what we saw last week and what we saw this week. We don't believe that they can carry the team. They got bailed out. That's the bottom line. Offense, horrible. Dave? Yeah, not good. I will tell you this, though. You know, Kenny Pickett, yeah, 71.8 rating. Ugh. It was still better than Deshaun Watson. Um, we'll talk about that when it comes to defense. This is also where numbers can be deceiving. Najee Harris had a 4.3 yards per carry average because he had 43 yards on 10 carries. But 21 of them, almost exactly half of them, came on one carry. There's just so many times where that wasn't working. I mean, Jalen Warren's was 3.3 average. The problem was Kenny Pickett, you know, four, four rushes for minus six yards. Yes, three of them were kneel downs. And then the other one was that ridiculous play. And Calvin Austin minus two. That was the trick play that didn't trick anybody. But the receivers, here's something that really concerns me. And I know I'm going to talk about this in my numbers article for tomorrow. One, one target to Steelers tight ends. One target to Pat Frerbooth for two yards on a screen play. Yep. A tight end screen. Not moving, not, not using your tight ends in the middle of the field. Nothing, you can't complain too much about the middle of the field. I mean, come on, they hit they hit George Pickens in the middle of the field when they were trying to throw into the middle of the field. Kenny Pickett was off target a lot. So I'm that's not that's not like that's the only way they'll use the middle of the field. I'm not saying that, but the tight ends weren't used there at all. One target, two yards on a tight end screen, none to Connor Hayward. None to Darnell Washington through two games, which that's the way the Steelers are with their rookies, unfortunately, especially even though some of them are really showing that they are ready to do things. That's a number that's really concerning. If you're if, if you're not going to have Deontay Johnson, yeah, I didn't think they were going to target George Pickens more without Deontay Johnson because I thought he would be so much of the focus 
um, on the other team. And if it take away the one catch, like Brian said, and, and it's a whole different story. But, man, use the tight ends then if you don't have Deontay Johnson. One target, that's not going to do it. Has, has Connor Hayward even had the ball thrown his direction yet this year? I, th- I don't I think, think he had one last year or last week. I, well, remember the one was an interception. They tried to throw it to him yeah. when he wasn't yeah. open. It's a target. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a dumpster fire. And I know that um, our boy Tyler W. in the live chat said, this is the floor, right? It can only go up. That's if you trust the people <laughs> that are in charge of the offense to yeah. get them up off the floor. Because they are on the floor, and this is really, really bad. The numbers dictate that it's really, really bad. Tom here gives us another $5. Said Jeff would have hit his first trifecta. It was not the first parlay I hit. I hit one last year. It literally won. But still, uh, I almost did hit my uh, parlay this week. If Kenny Pickett would have thrown another touchdown pass, I would have nailed it. Still no, Still no games with two TD passes in the NFL. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah. 15 games and no... Games was two touchdown passes. Kind of embarrassing. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the defense, which is actually going to be exciting. It's positive, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, we are back, and I know we spent a lot of time on the offense because the offense is atrocious, and the defense actually stood tall and played. And you know what? I'm going to say this right out of the gate because we kind of went with commentary on the offense. We'll do commentary with the defense as well. Spare me with the, if Nick Chubb would have stayed in the game, blah, blah, blah stuff. Injuries happen. He wasn't intentionally injured, no matter what a Browns fan tells you. And I loved, I think someone in the live chat said, well, if Cam would have been playing and he wasn't hurt, then maybe they wouldn't have been able to run all over the Steelers. If ands and buts, whatever, it's just, it's part of the game. Minka Fitzpatrick goes down and he misses a large portion of the second half. You don't think when the Steelers were facing those third downs and fourth down plays that they wouldn't have wanted. They're all pro safety on the field. Yes, they would have. So nonetheless, let's go, Brian, the defense. It wasn't always pretty. There were some players that didn't perform very well. Um, one of which stands out to me for the second week in a row, but still I'll throw it over to you, Brian. What were your thoughts on the defense? Yeah. You know, uh, Kevin Stefanski actually did the Steelers a favor or whoever was calling the plays because Dave and I, I mean, we had a good conversation before, before the game and he's saying they should run, 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 run some more and run some more. And I'm sorry if I'm stealing your, your thunder here. Oh no, Go for it. But, (laughs) but until they can't, and I'm like, I'm saying they should run the ball. Like, what are they doing passing in the first play? touchdown Steelers and I'm hooping and holler. I'm loving it. And they came out and they passed some more. They really, they blew this game because they could run on the Steelers and it's uh, they uh, they're set up well to run. They are, they're one of the best running teams in the league. And you saw that when uh, Jerome, is it Jerome Ford? Do it. Do I have that right? Hold on. I got you. Uh, Yes. Jerome. Okay, when when Ford comes in the game, you know, and he has that 69-yard run, you know, you could tell that they're able to run the football. And this is a this is what they do. But you knew when you put it in Deshaun Watson's hands that you you should have complete this shouldn't have been a game because he is not that very good of a quarterback. They let him off the hook a few times on third and long which was very disappointing. And a lot of that falls on Levi Wallace. However, most of the time that defense was stepping up. I felt very comfortable to the very end with what that defense was doing. So yeah, it wasn't pretty the whole time and they were given some favors, but they force the, the the high caliber of this defense forced those decisions to try to screw them up to try to uh you know fake them out and that's what they tried at the beginning you know i'm looking in the live chat i'm seeing tj watt is the defense i'm sorry alex highsmith he is too he really is too they complement each other they uh on the field and in post-game interviews they complement each other too that was a that was a love fest after the game it was really interesting to see this defense could do some things 
And yeah, there uh, there was some plays where they didn't look perfect. There was some plays where they blew, but that you do that in a National Football League game, you're going to make you're going to have those mistakes. But more often than not, if you're a good defense, you're going to force those plays and you carry this team if you're the defense. There's some stuff like I said even at the end of the game, I didn't like how soft the the uh, coverage was when uh, when uh, he was going when Deshaun Watson was passing the football yeah. at the end because they got some key first downs that they really shouldn't have gotten. But bottom line is you don't win without all of those guys. The one last thing I'm going to say about the defense is I know Jeff, you're definitely going to agree with me on this one. Play Joey Porter Jr. more. He was not in there yeah. enough. When when you saw them throw to him, he was he was making stops. JPJ, he stood tall on the fourth down play. I mean, someone say, "Oh, he's a little handsy." That stuff happens all the time. Dave, yeah, so was I in high school. Nah, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Go ahead on the defense, Dave. Okay. Well, first of all, I do want to say one other thing. I have to admit that the Browns defense is pretty good. They're 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 sure. they're top notch. We didn't say that in the in the offense stuff. So when we talk to defense, I'm like, yeah, the Browns defense, they're they're pretty good. But the Steelers defense, man, they they outscored the Browns defense tonight by a lot. So you really have to look at that. But there was players tonight that were making plays a whole different way. Minka Fitzpatrick seemed like a completely different player in this game. He was making Nice plays. He was coming up and hitting people. He should have had that interception to start start the game, but he'd have been tackled right there. And that that probably only gives the Steelers a field goal rather than touchdowns. Instead, High Smith, because we know what we've already talked about the offense, what happens there. So it's but instead he bats it and then High Smith grabs it. But when it comes to the Steelers defense, Larry Ogunjobi stepped up. There were some other defenders. There was times, I'm not saying he was great all the time. But there was a few times that Montrevious Adams stood out in a good way. Um, Landon Roberts, he comes up and makes that huge hit when after the, the play that gets all the way down to the one. Great play. That's where he got hurt, though. But as I said, as I was doing the knee-jerk reaction article for, for Rich tonight because he was at the game, which is up at, at sealcurrentnetwork.com, was it just delaying the inevitable, and it ended up being that way anyway? But there was times where there were defenders made some really nice plays, but just like with the, with Kenny Pickett in the offense, there wasn't that consistency that it was coming all the time, and that's kind of what you get early in an NFL season. So uh, if some of the stuff on defense could be more consistent, that would be great. Love that the Steelers got six sacks. Could have had even more. I mean, my goodness, if Deshaun Watson doesn't grab Herbig's face mask and throw him to the ground, that's a sack. Um, but at the same time, with the with the defense, you could see that the Browns were specifically targeting what they thought was were, were weak spots. And they went after Levi Wallace until Joey Porter Jr. was in the game. And then they went at Joey Porter Jr. And it didn't work. But they were specifically trying to do that, much like what they did last year when they saw something that they knew if Mark Robinson was on the field, they were going to go after him in the passing game. So the Browns aren't dumb. They were they, they had a plan, but sometimes your guys have to overcome the other team's plans, and that's what Joey Porter Jr. seemed to be doing tonight. So that's why I understand, yeah, I, I it would be nice to see him out there on the field a whole lot more. But – one of the more frustrating things is, is how many times were the Browns runners bottled up at or behind the line of scrimmage and broke it free? I mean, that's what happened on the long run, but it happened more than that. It happened several times. And how many times were they bottled up around the line of scrimmage and you see them fall forward for three yards? The Steelers weren't falling forward for three yards in their offense on their running game, but the Browns seemed like they were doing it Almost every time, my goodness, they had to trip up Chubb before he got injured in the first when this was the first half. They had to trip him up in the backfield just to get him to have no game, because if not, he was going to fall forward every time. So that's one thing I would like to see is don't don't let them fall forward. Coach Tomlin talked about it last year because the Browns are really good at doing that. Yeah, the defense, the tackling, 
Oh gosh, the tackling. Inconsistent is what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see Elena Roberts come through the gap and just makes a really huge hit, and you're like, oh, right, this is what I'm talking about. And next thing you know, it's no, not even close. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk about some numbers here. <sighs> Defense, Deshaun Watson. You mentioned that Kenny Pickett had a better rating. He did. Deshaun Watson fin- finished 22 of 40 for 235, an average of 5.9 yards, one touchdown, one interception, was sacked six times. Uh, the, the Browns rushed for 198. Jerome Ford had 106. Nick Chubb, 64 before leaving. Those two guys had 6.6 and 6.4 yards per carry uh, individually. Pretty impressive stuff. The Browns averaged 5.7 per carry as a team, which is impressive in and of itself. From the passing standpoint, the receiving standpoint, Amari Cooper had 90 yards. David Njoku, 48. Amari Cooper was targeted 10 times. For a guy that was supposedly not going to play, thanks Adam Schefter for my head because I'm thinking, oh, sweet, Mario Cooper's not playing. Oh, no, yeah, he is. He had a big game, 90 yards, 10 targets. Uh, and then they had David Joku, I mentioned him, Elijah Moore had 36, David Dell 27, Jerome Ford 25. The turnovers is just what kind of really killed the, the, the Browns. Deshaun Watson had two fumbles, lost both of them, threw an interception. David Njoku had a fumble, lost it. Uh, just pretty crazy stuff. Untimely penalties as well. What was the what were the penalty totals? Do you have those, Dave? Uh, yeah, I do. The penalty totals were the Browns had eight for eighty-one, while the Steelers had five for thirty-one. But it seemed like every time they had that had a holding penalty. Well, for one, there was a holding penalty penalty early in the drive, and they overcame it, like to start the to start the one drive. But other than that, they would. It seemed like if they were moving the ball. That a penalty would set them back, and they couldn't, and they couldn't finish it off. The defense tonight, it kind of reminded me. This game kind of reminded me of was it last season or two years ago against the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday Night Football, where nothing was going the Steelers' way, and I think the game went to overtime, didn't it, Brian? And TJ Watt with the strip sack of Geno Smith. And the Steelers end up kicking a field goal and winning the game. Was that last year or two years ago? Yeah, that was last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, week seven, I think. Yeah, it it just, not that there were parts of the game that the offense was awful. There were parts where the the defense just wasn't making enough plays, but they they had that feeling like something was going to give and they did a good job making the play happen. Tyler, no, that that was 2021. I'm sorry. I thought that was two years ago. He gives us a five dollars. Says why focus on the offense when that was the legacy making defensive play from Watt and Highsmith. We're hanging our heads and can't see the stars among us. It's a good point. It's a very valid point, Tyler. You know we're, we're sitting here banging our heads against the wall talking about the offense when in reality we should be celebrating the defense as well for having the, those timely plays. My gosh, you would have thought that we the Steelers won the Super Bowl after the first play from scrimmage. And they get the pick six, and Alex Highsmith is walking into the end zone. Just phenomenal stuff. You do have to give credit. I one place we also have to give credit. I don't want to poo-poo on the defense, but you got to give credit to some special teams players. Mainly Presley Harvin, seven kicks, 320 total yards, a 45.7 yard average, two touchbacks. He had four down inside the 20, and two of those were inside the 10 for sure. And a long punt of 61. Chris Boswell was perfect on both of his kicks. One of 52, one of 50. Great, great stuff there. He also made his extra points. Uh, guys, anything else to add here on this side of the football or with special teams? Yeah, you know, I think we are celebrating the defense, but, you know, there's still that elephant in the room, and that's the offense. But when you talk about special teams, yeah, Presley, let me say it again, Presley, yeah. I got it right. You know, I, I, I thought he was phenomenal this week. Maybe the uh, the Brad Wing um, sighting, maybe that that inspired him. I you don't know. Uh, one thing to say about Boswell, and it's time to say he is the best kicker in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that includes Gary Anderson. And if you you look at some things, but I believe with these two fifty yarders, fifty plus yarders. He has more 50-yard field goals in his Steelers career than every other Pittsburgh Steeler kicker in history combined. Wow. And I think that's a fact. Yeah, 
That, mm. That's it. We're, we're at that point now, you know, where you got to kind of say like, this dude's really, really good. So Dave, anything else to add about the defense of the special teams? Defense. I mean, like I said, you've got to make the splash plays. You got to make the big plays when you can, you, you have the six sacks, you have the two touchdowns, those kind of things. You, you made big plays in, in big situations. Now, am I happy that the Steelers gave up 408 yards of offense? No, but I'm happy that the Steelers had a 26 to 22 victory, mainly because of their defense. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff as always. All right, let's. It's just been a heck of a show. Let's finish this up with some final thoughts. Brian, we'll start with you. Mike Tomlin said in his post game press conference, "Yes, we are going to do something to fix the offense. What is that going to be? What does that look like? You don't know. A lot of people are calling for the heads of a few people. One of them is Gunnar Olszewski, and I'm almost thinking that he might be the change that is made." And does that really change anything for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Does that make this offense better? Does this make that team better? Yeah, he can go, but really he's at this point, he's a 53rd man on the roster and you are not going to get better just for releasing him. I'm not saying that you should release him. All I am saying is that that might be the change that we get or the fix that we get. And I don't think that would be a good enough fix. I also want to shout out to everybody in the live chat tonight in Pittsburgh time. It's one 11 AM and we got as high. And I believe it's a record got as high as 737 eyes in the live chat at one point. And I have never seen that in my time here on the post-game show. And it's been a long time on the post-game show. Mm -hmm. So for you to be up at this time shows how much you crave the Steelers, shows how much you care about this team, warts and all. And and also not just warts, but also the fabulous things that we get to talk about too. So hats off to you as well. Well said. Dave, final thoughts. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack from this one. I mean, I mean, Jeff, you know, the you realize that the offense scored every time they made it to the red zone? Oh, that's right, because they never did. Okay, they, they never even made it. You can't even talk about red zone efficiency. You're dividing by zero. Um, so there, there are definitely some things to work on this week. I don't think anyone is being comfortable uh, about stuff, but, man, it's so much nicer to work on these kind of things knowing that you just got a victory in the win column in against the division, you know, in, in the division, the um, very important game, you know, keep keeping, keeping the Browns from going two and in the North. That's, that's really great stuff right there as much as anything, but you got to go back to the drawing board. And I'm so glad that Brian brought that up because coach Solomon said, yeah, they'll, they'll need to be some changes made, but we're on a short week and I don't want to talk about them right now. Quick turnaround. We're going to be here for Mike Tomlin in less than 12 hours because yeah. it's Tomlin Tuesday. Uh, at least that's what I assume. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't see a reason that they they normally do it right after a Monday night game on Tuesday. But, Jeff, I do want to tell you something because I think this might make your heart feel much better. And that is, yes, I picked the Pittsburgh Steelers to lose this game on the Steelers preview. But I won $21.40 on DraftKings because I picked the Steelers to win on the money line. <laughs> Nice. So even yeah. though I didn't, I, I still when I put I put my I want to put my money on it. I did it for the Steelers, and because that's who I'm going to be cheering for anyway. And it's just nice to get the victory, regardless of all the little places to fix. And can I say real quick, I uh, I silently willed Dave to win that $21 and I Jedi mind tricked him into doing it. So I should be absolved as well. (laughs) My final thoughts are simple. Kudos to uh, the fans in Pittsburgh, not just for the way they handled the Nick Chubb injury, but for showing up. I mean, last, last week, all everyone saw and heard was the sea of red that invaded Acrosure stadium. And after the way the team played last week, I was fully expecting there to be a lot of orange and Brown, 
And then Colin Dunlop, the Dunlap, Dunlop, whatever, the clown from 93.7, the fan. He was like, oh, I'm down here at the casino, and there's just Browns fans everywhere. This is pathetic. They're chanting. I'm like, well, is this going to be a same thing? No, that no. wasn't the case. Rich, uh, Dave's brother, even chimed in and said, you're not seeing a lot of Browns fans here. They were loud. They were vocal. It was awesome. It was rocking for short spurts. It felt like a traditional primetime Steelers home game, and that's pretty awesome. Uh, Andrew Palladino did give us a 499 tip. I want to get this on the screen. Can't forget to give credit to Gunner O. Insert the Big Ben gif. Toe tapped his way, maybe right out of Pittsburgh. There you go. Yeah. All right. Good stuff, guys. Thank you for your time. Brian might have a special guest appearance next week, but he'll be at the game. So we might not see him too much. But Dave and I'll be here next week for another Steelers post game. Hope you another victorious. Steelers post game. We've got a lot of content coming your way at steelcurtainnetwork.com as well as on our podcast platform, not just here on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Find us wherever you get your podcast by searching Steelers or Steel Curtain Network. All that stuff gets bright and early tomorrow. My Winners and Losers podcast at 9 a.m. You're going to hear Dave with the Mike Tomlin recap all in one spot. Don't miss it. In the meantime, we'll see you next week after another post game show. Take it easy, everyone. Everybody else gets a little tight.